This is the trigger warning for our show. Please understand that various monsters had various victims and hunted in various ways, depending on the folklore, mythology, or stories that were told about them. Please understand that it is not our intent to upset you. You will be given other warnings and additional warnings depending on the episode, but this is our blanket statement. We didn't write the myths, but we are using them to tell our story. Also, this is the content warning for our show. There will be cursing. There will be some interesting ideas. We will take it in where we can, but be warned, there was beer involved. What if I told you there is a world where not only are monsters like vampires and werewolves real, but they have rights just like you and me. And in this world, there exists a secret government organization dedicated to keeping you safe and making sure they follow the rules. Welcome to Anarium, a Monster of the Week podcast. Hey everyone, it's Cameron, your friendly neighborhood podcaster guy. Back again at the beginning of Anarium to, uh, firstly, remind you to go give us a subscribe or a follow or whatever you want to call it. Um, and also leave us a kind comment, if you would, and a review uh, on your favorite podcasting platform. Because that goes a long way in A, just making us feel good about what we're doing. And B, about finding new listeners. So if you could do that for us, that would be a huge huge bonus and we would really appreciate it and also just to uh maybe remind everyone that uh, this isn't your first time listening this is the beginning of a new arc and this is probably not the best place for you to start so um maybe go back and listen to some past episodes and if you are a normal listener there are gonna be some surprises for you in this one including our first guest so um let's get into it Hey, welcome back to Anarium. My name's Sam. This is a world that me and my friends and family have built over the years. It's been given life by Michael Sands' Monster of the Week. You know some of my players, but just in case. Hello, gentlemen. How are we tonight? Hey, it's Cameron. I play Bernard, and we I'm pretty excited because we actually have somebody who helped build this world uh, with us tonight as a guest. So I want him to go ahead and go next. We're going to let you jump in. Because F you guys, you other two who play every week, you go to hell. Well, yeah. Kinda. we got to reintroduce Taylor. People don't even remember who he is. <laughs> uh, so my buddy, who like eight years ago, we were sitting around. We had ran through a couple RPGs. We had difficulty getting uh, people to pick a type of character and what they wanted to be. And we had difficulty melding together what everybody really wanted. I think we kind of talked about it in episode zero where it was like, no, we need to figure something out. And so I looked at him and said, hey, I've been working on this thing for a really long time. Think Men in Black meets Hellboy's BPRD, like Monster Cops. And my buddy, Rick. What's up, Internet? It's me, Rick Stafford. <laughs> was like, oh, hey, that's awesome. Let's, let's, let's work on that. And then we just sat watching Community, like throwing jokes back and forth. You about and that what Mike Stand are married now, by the way. That's great. The way that you just... <laughs> just like, hey. <laughs> so... Rick, who are you playing? Oh, I'm playing the one and only Corbin fucking Graves. That's his middle name. Um, Corbin fucking Well, when you live forever, you have to update your ID so that it doesn't say that you're 90 years old when you don't look it. So yeah. he just changes his middle names every 10, 20 years. I like it. This, it feels like a, a bit of a 
like alternative to like the McLovin thing. It's like your so, middle name is fucking. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, my middle name's fucking. Um, for a year, it was Elizabeth because he lost a bet with Troy. He is Troy's like okay. heterosexual life mate. They have been basically joined at the hip since the late '60s, and they have not been separate since. They've gone through their life adventures together for various reasons that are all story based. That maybe someday we can explore, but I don't want to okay. give it all away. But Did they you? it started off as like an assignment, and it turned into a job as a, and a friendship, and like they're like I said, heterosexual life mates. Jay and Silent Bob said it best. I dig it. I um, can't hear that phrase without thinking of those two. Right? <laughs> right. I was gonna say, did you? Uh, listen and take from community and make a Troy and Abed in the morning with your characters. That is where Troy got his name. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, though no, the character is nothing like it. I did like that character. He's one of my favorites and that's how he got his name. All right. I so love it. my other players from, a, from afar, far away friends, who are you and who do you play? Uh, from a land far, far away known as the ancient Denver, Colorado. I am Rob. I am underground and my bomb shelter it's avoiding nuclear fallout uh, by the time this airs we will this... all be dealing with that you're in the state uh, of colorado <laughs> yes uh for those who are colorblind i'm just an auto and uh yeah i'm just i want to say i'm happy uh, that taylor is back and present with us all, all kidding aside all terrible jokes back that will uh, be taylor's made. here i feel like the gangs the boys are back in town it does feel that way plus one but you know no, the boys are have... back in town. Rick's Rick's an honorary boy. The boys are back in town. Yeah. Yep, you guys are in. Hey, Taylor, who are you? What do you do? So, as you have heard, I am back. I'm uh, still slightly recovering from an illness, but uh, I'm very, very excited to get back into this. Uh, I play Marcellus Corvinson, the 1100-year-old suit-wearing Danish vampire that you've come to learn a little bit more about here and there but we have a surprise for you tonight actually all right all right um before we get started a little piece of business uh because rob pretended like he didn't remember that tonight was our recording session oh orpheus drank 10 gallons of herbicide and died you need to make a new goddamn character don't ever give me a heart attack like that again i specifically texted and said hey guys don't forget tomorrow night 9 p.m it's gonna be awesome and the day was like it's the day and he was like i thought it was tomorrow <laughs> and i was i was like dude i reminded you yesterday and then it was the haha just fucking around yeah. all right the best part TPK. is I saw like, the we didn't chat do anything. Doesn't matter. after I, I mentioned that. And <laughs> I just see Sam freaking out on the other side with the chat bubbles just forever long. <laughs> All right. So it's probably been, we'll say, a week, maybe two, since we were at our sanatorium location. Our players who participated in that have been given their level up points and their gear points, which we can spend here. I have a little bit of house house cleaning business with a friend before we can get to spending those as i understand you've already spent your experience but gear points are still fair game we are going to start this story in marcellus's office can you tell me what that looks like uh yeah so it is a glass office on the sixth subfloor um kind of like right in the middle and that way, if something were to get up from the portals to the sixth floor, they'd have to get through Marcellus to get any farther up. Also, 
he's in the middle of the floor. That way, everyone, if they have questions or anything like that, they can come to him for questions because he's been with the Anarium department for centuries. So feels like someone like the Doom guy would run into him and be like, oh, shit, wrong room. Oh, God, it's you. Sorry, <laughs> like, man. <run>. Oops. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been with Anarium since, like, it was a group of knights that made their pacts, stayed together, and then, like, fought monsters, and then initially went, hey, so this group of monsters here doesn't seem all that bad, and then there was that team-up. I mean, that's part of the history of, like, where it all came from. That's fun, and I I might cut this out. Okay. <laughs> but that might it's be It's a little something. too soon for the Knights Templar and Crusades. It's no, just too soon. No, what I was going to say is that might be something fun to do in the future, too, is to, like, p- play out the old stuff. The right. start that's of cool. an area, right. like, <clears throat> knights and shit. So you're sitting in your office. This office is completely made of glass, I assume. Do you have window blinds? Yes. Or is it completely open all the time? No, he has window blinds. He just usually keeps them open, but they are able to be closed. So a familiar face walks up to your door and raps on the glass. It's Troy. Hey, Troy. What's up? Come on in. Hey. Uh, Do you have anything pressing happening at the moment? Nope. What you got? All right, so he walks in your room, closes the door behind him, and pulls out a pocket knife. Into the glass, he carves an old Nordic rune into it. He puts his hand over it, and he says one word. Mind you, Troy can't do magic. He is not magic. The symbol is magic. As he whispers the word to it, it gives off a light blue glow. And then all of your window blinds drop, and close and he turns and he looks at you and says you and I need to have a conversation okay that symbol's gonna buy us some time because only you and I need to talk about it okay we need to start this off with you understanding that I am not here in any form or fashion other than as your friend I'm not here as a special agent of anarium I am not here with my religious order I am here as your friend and I need you to understand that He pulls the size from his back. These are a weapon from his religious order. They are known as a crook. He lays them on your desk, handles pointing toward you as a sign of no ill will and friendship. He looks at you and says, you and I need to talk about what you are. What do you mean, what I am? So when you and I were fighting old Mary Shaw through that goddamn sanatorium, You pulled some magic shit. And I gotta tell you, brother, vampires can't do magic like that. Now, Orpheus, he don't know that. And Bernard, I don't think he would know magic. His ass from his elbow, period. That's fair. But you were pulling things out of thin air. Now, see, I might be an old dog, but I know how magic works. Witchcraft is cooking magic. Wizardry requires a focusing object. Mages are batteries that require ley lines to be recharged. Sorcerers pull magic from the air. You're a warlock. Do you know who your uh, patron is? uh, It's been a long time since somebody figured it out, but yes, yes, I do. Um, So it might come as a shock. But my patron is Merlin. Like, 
I don't remember if you told me that, but like, I'm sorry for laughing, but I was like, holy shit. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's a big I drop. I the same nose exhale over here, too. <laughs> like, Whoa. No, not, not Pat Merlin. Uh oh. There was a sword and a stone. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. Okay. <clears throat> sorry. You mean Sword and the Stone, King Arthur, Mordred, Merlin? Correct. Now I need you to understand that my position that I hold in almost every form is as a hunter. Every position I have tells me that I should either turn you in or kill you, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that would be easy and in no way threatening you. I figured this out because I looked into your feeding history. The things that get turned in every time you feed and about two months ago... Your feeding slips went from five-page dissertations with names, times, and acceptance forms to Burger King receipts. Whoever is looking out for you isn't. And if I can find it, somebody else can. Now, I have access to higher files and folders. Somebody else is also looking after you. But you need to know your secret is safe with me. But someone's not looking out for you the way they should be. Okay, so Troy, we've been through a lot in our lives together, especially. Um, I'm going to let you in on a little more depth to my background. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. The Pretty much every religious order is aware of what I am for a reason that has been long hidden. And I'm talking back to 1000 AD. Um, I am a part of a secret group called the Affinity. You may have seen some records mentioning a group of seven warriors with unnatural abilities ghost stories sorry ghost uh, stories. that's they're always portrayed as ghost stories yeah mythical seven show up one of them they help they leave not ghost it's stories not a ghost story i am one of the seven i am the eldest and the leader of the seven i am the head of the affinity we were originally tasked in the year 999 ad when our king in Denmark um, we ran across some warriors on the battlefield that were very difficult to kill and they only seemed to attack at night and they were feeding on the people that they were killing so he contacted a seer who was also in contact with Merlin because despite what you may have read, Merlin is still very much alive today. He transformed us magically into vampires but at the same time we also retained his magic. We got kind of like a DNA stamp from him to where we can actually use magic. So for the past thousand and twenty two years the seven of us have been split one to each continent and 
I, we were actually the ones that killed Vlad Tepesh, as known as Dracula, Vlad the Impaler. That was us, under the king's order in 1450 AD. If that gives you any inclination on what we are. Now, magic and vampires, very taboo. It is. So if it I'm makes, not... It makes you an alpha breed. If the Vampire High Council knew what, that you existed, you'd be dead. Correct. They are very unaware that I possess the ability to perform magic. They are very unaware that we were magically enhanced. Enhanced. So, if they ever found out about that, we would be hunted to extermination. I the mean, Anarium officially knew that, you'd be arrested. It's not Anarium to happen. Anarium is aware of it. We just keep it off the books. Because it happens to help more than hinder, and they're very aware of that. Um, back when the Anarium started, that's how I actually got introduced to the progenitors of Anarium. Um, they were actually hunting me. And then they discovered that I only hunt vampires that expose the vampiric nature. Or are very, very stupid, like a couple weeks ago at the bar. Whoever's been looking out for you, they stopped doing a good job. You need to look into that. Because if I can find Clearly, it... Clearly, if you were able to find it, then I have an issue. And as do the rest of the affinity so someone apparently is not getting paid to take care of us anymore and i will be talking to merlin about what the deal is warlock vampires great kept secret from everyone including any other agents sorry you've just uh, made me question a lot of things i wanted you to be aware that something was happening with you um you be good and he picks his weaponry up off the table, flips it in hand, points a pointy end at you. We're friends, and I'd really like to keep it that way. Please. I have no issue with that. You feel like are one of the very few people in this world I truly trust. I know somebody else who's kind of like you. I'll bring him around sometime. That'd be great. If you need help, you let me know. Be good. You still smell like death. And he walks out of the room. Okay. You still smell like wet dog. Okay, so it's been probably... We'll say... It has been 48 hours since Troy and Marcellus had a conversation. He went back to Chicago through one of the portals. But you guys are aware that something is happening in the world outside. Something is going on. There has been a lot of weird, tense communications. A lot of very secretive information gathering. Now, before we jump in too heavy, would you guys like to take care of anything before we get started? Character-wise, conversations, spending gear points. Is there something you would like to do? 
possibly spending gear points, what are my options and what does it cost? Okay. So, as far as either like a... Take the mystery box. Don't take the I, mystery I, box. I know what's in it. I was <laughs> just thinking more of like a uh, armor of some kind. Um, It depends. Do you want it to be like special fancy it looks like my suit armor or do you want like SWAT vest tack gear? Um, it could even be, like, an undershirt vest. Alright, so you're wearing a three-piece and the vest is your armor. Um, yeah. It depends. How, um, so this is something you want to wear every day. I can give you for three gear points, it will give you one armor. All the time. I can do it. As that. long as you were wearing it. That. SWAT gear armor only stacks up to two unless there are very few exceptions to that and it requires me to really think about it and if it fits your character or if okay. you're just trying to be a tank. For instance, Troy has uh, something that gives him three armor, but that is because his character is designed to be a tank and keep people safe. And when he's in hurt people mode, he's not wearing that, so it all completely gets negated. Uh, if it is in your character and something that you think your character would need, we can discuss it. But I will give you one armor on that vest, and you can always wear SWAT gear over it, but it will never yeah. be more than two without some discussion or magical That's priming. Troy's kind of like an NPC close to For it now. anyways. Someday, so, yeah. I'm hoping to play him. Like, yeah, because I would like to, to GM or DM or whatever. Yeah, like someday it, so. I'll play him, but like for now, he is really just there to protect you guys and be there if you need me for story reasons. Um so I, I don't want to be that GM that's like, hey, look at my super cool character and how he beats everything because he's yeah, awesome. That's my I've, job. I've had those GMs, and I hate them. Yeah, I think he's literally just there to be like, if shit goes down, like he's the one that's going to get the shit beat out of him, so hopefully we can complete the mission. <laughs> so hopefully you guys will be fine. Uh, extra character bits, plot points that it's hard to fit into a story that I can give you guys through this character goes, oh shit, it's this. Yeah. Things that you guys may not know. Okay, Rob, what? do you want to spend gear points? Um, no. Ooh. So he's got his shotgun from last time. He did spend, he might be saving up for something bigger. I had yep. mine, mm -hmm. and I didn't spend it last time. You did not? And you know what I want to do eventually. Mm -hmm. Do we think we have enough for that yet? How many do you have? I think it's five. I swear to God, if you don't have it written down, I'll kill you. I don't think I did. You should oh have my God. five. Bernard just had a heart attack. So that be, means you can make five. up whatever oh, number Bernard, you want. Bernard had a heart attack alone in a closet. <laughs> Clutching a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> oh, clutching a jar of peanut butter. What a shame. All right. Turns out, deathly allergic. <laughs> All those years of it, you just that tolerance finally gave out. Um, realistically, we've played, what, two games now and then the extra. So, yeah, you're probably at about five because I would have given you two for the first game, one for the stuff that's going to get released here shortly, um, and then you would have gotten two for the sanatorium. So, yeah, you'd have about five. We have five. I spent two on my shotgun, one on the rock salt. We were all even. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Rob, for letting me prattle on like an asshole. <laughs> I said five like you three did, times. which is yeah. why I agreed with you. <laughs> okay, so I'm yeah, ass. I'm sorry. So you've got five. <laughs> All right, um, you are headed to the metallurgical department. Um, there are various areas of an area where creating, developing, and fixing weaponry is an everyday occurrence. Coming up with something new. 
This is one of the few places where you will find elves and dwarves working together closely as friends. You come down and you see a dwarf. This is not quite the Gimli son of Gloin you are expecting. This guy looks like a Texan trucker with a great big <laughs> braided beard. Looks at you and says, all right, what do you want? All right. Maybe a bit of an unusual request. At least, I don't know. You guys I'm not turning a knot into a dildo. <laughs> uh, it's not my style, guy. Um, I, I know somebody that might be interested. I'll, we can talk about that later. Um, but I want to combine this. And I want to sit down. I'm sure there's a counter or something somewhere. The gun. Mm -hmm. With this. Think you can do something with that? Roll me a charisma. Seven and, and do we mean charm? Charm, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get out of D&D &D mode. Well, fuck, that's a minus two, so that's a five. He looks that's XP. at you. That is XP. Oh. He looks at you with a squinted eye. He's like, why would you want something like that? What good would that be to you? That's an awful lot of power for one little human to use. Well, I'll be honest with you. Just really getting tired of carrying two weapons. And I'd like to make it one. Alright, I'll do what I can. <laughs> but he turns around. In his mind, this is a joke on you. He knows he's building it. He knows it's going to work well. He just doesn't think you're going to be able to handle it. Okay. And you're losing both weapons. <laughs> he has, like, yep, you failed your role to charm him into doing it. It's not going to be as pretty as it could be. Okay. But he is going to do a good job for it. Probably won't be the stainless silver look where it looks brand new off the shelf. It's probably going to look like fresh out of heat treat, different heat marks on it. But he will do a good job. He doesn't mess around. And to that, I think that's totally fine with Bernard. I don't think he cares about it being like super, like we talked about, cleaned up and pretty. Like he just, does it work? He turns <laughs> around and he starts drawing on like blue paper where it's with a he is making schematics he's figuring out how to make this thing work he's making the design he turns around and he sees you standing there you can go away this is gonna take some time uh i'm gonna be honest with you bub i don't really have a lot to do is it cool if i just you know what it's fine i'll just uh shoo i'll go go, go away Cool little human. Well, I, <laughs> I think he just you... walks out like taking a drink, like oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, it'll be ready before today's boomer mission. juice. Okay. A dwarf <laughs> yeah. calling a human little is hilarious. <laughs> he just doesn't think you're gonna have the manpower to hold this thing. Okay. All right. Um. So, does anybody else want to do anything before we get started? And as I say I that, love I feel to like... have a nice interaction with Jacques and my arboretum. All right. We will come back to Orpheus. You are standing in your arboretum. Uh, the people there have gotten very used to you. You have been here for a few weeks. All the different botanists know who you are. They understand what you're trying to do and how they, how they can interact with you. They know you as friendly and kind and honestly caring about the plants. When you make complaints about how damp it is, how dry it is, how wet it is, you are completely in this for the plants. What would you like to do? Jacques, I'm going to need the specs on the new strain that we have growing over there, Jacques. 
Uh, bring that to me when you have a moment. I'm there. We'll get there. The small wasp man standing on your shoulder looks up at you, annoyed. Because you know moving a piece of paper is going to take him far longer than your ass walking <laughs> across the room. His little hands are gesturing, like, just walk over there. Go get it yourself. <laughs> Jacques, I did not tell you to bring me the paper. I said bring me the specs. However you bring the information, whether it be known or written, is up to you. If I wanted my own comeback, I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> it, uh, if I wanted any attitude, I would ask somebody else. Jacques, please bring me the information on the new. And he's sitting on your shoulder, making hand gestures like, well, it's about this big, and it's over there, and this is what it would look like if it was done right. And then he looks at you, flips you what you can assume is a little bird. A little bird. He doesn't quite have the fingers to do it, but the gesture is there. And he flies over to the table. There's a young lady. She is a botanist. She walks up to you, and she goes, Hey, I really want you to know that I think it's great what you're doing down here. It's really helped out the magic department and making sure we have the proper herbs for the spells we're trying to do. A lot of the things we've been trying to do recently have been working a lot better. I think it's because the plants are happier, and I just want you to know that we really appreciate it. That's you, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's my line? That was your cue. She can't flirt with you any harder than I've already made her do. Mine? Mine? I'm sorry, I just drank 10 gallons of herbicide. God told me to. I'm going to lay down and die and make a new character now. Uh, absolutely oblivious to being flirted with. Orpheus is going to... Uh, I'm glad that the new strains are working out well. Jacques is not completely incompetent. His cross-pollination skills are passable. The little, the little wasp man from over at the desk. Jacques, I do not know what it means when you say that is not the only thing that is passable. In this room. The woman looks at you and smiles. She does something of a curtsy as if to be formal, almost as if she doesn't know how to be around you. Do you pick up on the fact that what you are is as special as it is? Is that something that Orpheus is aware of, or is that something you would be oblivious to? And not in a negative. Still, no, still pretty oblivious because I still don't change character much more than i need to okay. these guys pretty much have to tell me to disguise up yeah all right and real quick before we go anywhere have i done again this again we had talked about this before have i done that yet i don't think i have you haven't if you'd like the day to be the day okay i would uh, like bernard to enter the room so bernard walks in this room and he's just kind of got uh, in one hand, you can see like a large bag of like Miracle Grow and uh, some books in his other arm. 
and he approaches you and he's like, uh, hey, I don't know, you guys like need this shit? Do you like this shit? I shouldn't have brought it. I don't know. I'll, I'll take it with me if you don't want it. Uh, but I brought this for you and I got, uh, look, I know that, uh, that sanatorium was a little tough for you. You learned some things, things you weren't prepared for. So I brought you, uh, some books on World War One and, uh, the sequel. This <laughs> <laughs> was the sequel called, but not. Uh, yeah, just World War Two. It wasn't very creative. Same people. It was, uh, but... I don't know why, but I picture Bernard bringing a book titled like "Why Nazis Were Bad." <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah. For I already, no, like what? Like For is dummies. this like like the golden the golden uh, what's that called? The golden spine books from when we were kids. It's prob. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I like do the think I think Britannica. <laughs> I do think Bernard. Like I I, th- I would kind of like this to be like a couple books, and I do think Bernard. We talked about he likes to read. And a lot of it is, like, fiction and horror and stuff like that. But he also, like, his personality strikes me as the kind of person that would super be into, like, the history of war and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So I think he's probably got, like, some – these these aren't new books that he just bought. Like, these are books you can tell have been read. They're his books. They're his books. Did you bring, like, an original copy of Sun Tzu's Art of War as well? <laughs> <clears throat> I'll leave that to the reader's imagination. But there's just some, some books on – World War One, World War Two, and some some modern stuff that's happening around right now. Just so you don't, maybe you can learn and feel not so out of touch with things that are happening. You don't feel like you're living in a world that you don't know. Um, oh. And I think he would like to say, like I I know that was tough, and uh, particularly with the doctor, you had to learn uh, that not only do some people not want this world to be good, and not only do some people not want this world to burn some people just can't get out of their own bullshit and they don't care who they hurt and that's who he was and it's not your fault that you thought he was a good guy in the beginning so uh yeah i don't really deal with feelings or anything well so do you want this dirt or bernard i do thank you for this opportunity to coach me but if you do not Get that shit out of my arboretum. I will cut your hands off myself. <laughs> yep, got it. That seemed a little overboard, but uh, all right. I'll uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> and uh, he <laughs> he uh, like awkwardly waves and walks out with his turn. Um, Garcon flies to your shoulder and just stares daggers at you. <laughs> Points to Bernard leaving. <laughs> gesturing as if go go to him this is big he's trying to be nice (laughs) starts punching the side of your head which you can't feel he's tiny but the gesture is he he is so frustrated with you right now for how you handled that what do you do fine jacques but these strains better be documented before I return. Bernard, hold on. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there is much more you can teach me. In the ways of love. Arson, tend to this. I do kind of switch back and forth between calling him by his name and just boy. That's fine. Either yeah. one works. I think that's I, fine. I couldn't remember. I mean, they both fit your character. Yeah. 
Okay. So I think this can kind of end with them. They're walking out the hallway. And he's like, "All right." So like I said, there was this little kid. And he had made art that sucked, right? And <laughs> and then so yeah. Like you're holding the lifetime book of pictures of World War II. <laughs> and then, I like, absolutely want Cameron to explain Hitler as terribly as possible. No, I, thought, not, I, no. I thought I did that already. <laughs> Hitler, Hitler was the Hitler of history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as you're like you're walking along with the lifetime book of colored pictures from world war ii he turns like hey look on page 219 that's troy you can't tell it but that's That's him that's pretty funny (laughs) you can't tell but that's him national geographic presents hitler what a dick (laughs) (laughs) i'd read it okay that'd be a great drunk history episode uh, yeah as you guys are walking down the hallway you are continuing your conversation something happens that doesn't happen very often there is a red alert. Alert. Think of it Station very much like Star Trek. I, I started to remind my son. I don't know where he learned it. He's been walking around just going red alert, alert. red alert, Station and then he runs like, like it, it's like the start of the game, and you have like something important is going to happen. Like the bad guys are coming, Dad. Like so, red alert, alert is like a trigger Station word for me. We're gonna we're gonna take it to yellow alert. No, it's fine. It's fine. The thing it's very much like Star Trek in the idea of. The lighting changes a bit, and there is an announcement that you have hit a yellow alert. Uh, people need to report to their stations. Um, you will receive notifications further as you get where you're going. Um, please be advised that we are on a yellow alert. You can use red. It's not like I was. Oh no! Apparently, red alert's a big problem right now. No, it's, I don't need it's to piss you off. Red. It's a no. It's a funny thing. Don't say the R word. Royal blue. <laughs> Royal blue. All right, so you guys all get a message on your personal device that says you need to report to Bay 72 down by Portal 63. You have been selected for a mission. Bernard pulls out his flip phone. (laughs) Marcellus gets a different message, which is to report to Emily Gorgonis' office immediately. Okay. You guys go, but I assume you go get your shotgun. Yeah, and and we don't got to, like, because it's, it's been a day or two, and they are very fast at what they do. And because it's not pretty, it's going to be done fairly quickly now. If you want to try to make friends with the dwarves and take it back and get it pretty, that's fine. That's character choice. Okay, yeah, we can do that later. I think I'll just uh, I'll just look up and be like, uh, well, history lesson will be uh, later. But uh, thanks. I like to talk. A lot of people might not uh, know that about me. But um, I do, just not to most people. Uh, I'm going to go get my gun. I did something real cool with the dude. You're going to like it. Uh, I'll meet you in the room. I don't really carry a personal communication device. You have, so a, beeper. You have a beeper. Remember? You have a beeper. Oh, you're right. We, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, see, at base 63. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, no, you're not get fucking getting by with that. No, buddy. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Dude, the accent now. <laughs> Code red, do the accent. Do not keep me waiting. Jacques is a dick when he has to wait. Uh, I won't make any jokes. I'll see you there, man. (laughs) Marcellus, we cut to you entering Emily Gorgonis' office. Sitting in one chair is Troy. Oh, real quick. Uh, Mar- or Bernard just like drops the bag of dirt. He's not fucking carrying He's that shit. <laughs> just some random hallway. Yeah, he just fucking lets hallway. go of it. What smells like shit in hallway 32C? <laughs> not carrying that shit. Everywhere. Oh no, that's fertilizer. No, that is 
Whew, that is some pointing shit. <laughs> Marcellus. Wash your hands before you return, Bernard. <laughs> you arrive at Emily Gorgonis' office. In that office, you find Troy already seated. Out front of the office, you see an individual. What does that individual look like, Rick? Why am I outside? <laughs> because he there's like a, a reason. Man. He look okay. like a man. Um... What's the outside of the office like? Just refresh me. Uh, it's it's a door and kind of like a wood paneled hallway. I mean, it's. What's the nearest interesting thing to this door? We'll say that there is a picture across the way of a former uh, ogre that at one point helped establish this base. Uh, all right. So um, there's a tall, sort of lanky dude, uh, blonde hair, kind of dirty Kurt Cobain. Uh, middle part down to his shoulders a um, little bit of a chin fuzz goatee just standing real close to this picture and just bored it's radiating off of him just like this is all I have right now I'm just it's a painting they could put a TV out here but all I got is you <laughs> and he's like poking at stuff and just looking like a bored fucking goober um, did somebody leave a bag of shit this hallway <laughs> <laughs> i smell miracle grow miracle grow it's right what plants crave but... <laughs> right. so you enter the office marcellus and sitting across from troy at her desk with a file folder in front of her is emily gorgonis please come in sit down quickly please what do you do Go in and sit down. Quickly. Um, door closes behind you. She sits and looks and says, I need you two to understand that you've been tapped to work on a mission right now. Um, some things in that mission are going to be highly classified. Things that they aren't going to want you to be wholly aware of. Troy, you're an old friend. Marcellus, you are currently one of my team leads. As team leads on the mission you are about to go on, I need you to pay attention and I'm in the room, right? I made no, it. Okay, no, you're okay. where you're going. You're technically not the okay. team lead. You gave that up, or I would have right. had you be there. Yeah, okay. I need you two to understand as team leads that the briefing you're about to go on and the mission you're about to undertake, it is very important that you pay attention to the last page. last page of every mission report is the astrological alignment page. Pay attention to it. Be safe. Take things into mind. Come home. Don't let them lie to you. This could be a very big deal. You're going on a mission, and I don't know how dangerous it could be. It could be very simple, or it could be a very, very dangerous thing. Please, be careful. Look out for each other. Look out for the other team. You'll be joining Zulu down at the, at the dock that you were called to. I just want my friends to be aware that you need to be careful. This could be very different than other missions you've been on. Please. Be careful and go. She's terrified. The look on her face is not one that either one of these characters have ever seen before. I think it's my favorite character of yours, by the way. But. Really? Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I like her. For I kind of like cobbled her together of a few different things. Uh, I had been watching uh, like the rookie and who they're. <laughs> uh, first off, I love Nathan Fillion. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to laugh. That, no, no, that's, that's, that was that's, not that's, where I expected. That's the like, main crush the... of my life. And everyone who knows me knows that. The woman who plays the 
the captain in yeah. the beginning of the series. It's kind of oh, how I yeah. picture her. Okay. Uh, just in case. I, I do associate actors with the characters I've created. Yeah, I don't know told... if people appreciate that, but it kind of gives you an idea what to picture. Yeah, at first I thought I was going to cut this out, but now I actually like, I kind of like that. I'm probably gonna that, leave that helps in. me picture her so much. Yes, yes. that's kind of who I'm picturing. Um, but she, this is legitimately, she's terrified. She's she's letting you guys in on, know on something that you're not supposed to be aware of. She sends you down to the dock. As you approach this region, you will come up on, um, we'll say, probably five foot eleven African-American gentleman, or a, a black man, I'm sorry, as a 35-year-old white dude who lives in the Midwest. I, I'm not wholly positive of my terminology, and I don't yeah. want to be offensive. So please understand that I if so. I do I say something that doesn't, Jive right. Hey, anarium.podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. I don't want to offend someone, but I understand everyone's going to hear this, and I, yeah. I can't make everyone happy, but if someone could yeah. reach out and be like, yeah, no, man, that's cool. Uh, it's a black gentleman. Um, I am picturing the the guy in charge from Fringe. I can't remember the actor's name. Okay. I was and thinking you, Idris Eldra for a second. Idris El- Elba? Yeah. Wow, you just completely butchered that man's name. Um, He is standing, and there is a group of five or six people next to him. Um, Corbin, tails behind Marcellus and Troy. Marcellus is coming with, and Orpheus and Bernard are already there. As you arrive at this group, this portal has a very, very large vehicle standing next to it. It is not open at the moment. Yes, it is Philip Broyles. Is that the name of the actor or the character? That's the character. You should be telling us, not asking us. <laughs> no, he, he pulled up on IMBD, the man that I'm thinking of. I, do, I would Lance rather have... Redrick. Okay. Lance Redrick. I was going to say, like, while I would believe that's a person's name, but that totally does sound like a made-up <laughs> That sounds like, That sounds like the name I gave the character. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't know if that was subconscious. But this gentleman is standing in front of you, arms crossed behind his back. Marcellus would recognize him. This is the head of Team Zulu. He is the head of search and rescue for Anarium. Zulu team's entire job is going in, finding who they need to, and getting everyone out in one piece. You guys, because your current status, your availability, and Corbin and Troy have been tapped to help Team Zulu on their current mission. This man is Special Agent Alan Boyd. Not everyone. You're there. He's standing at attention. Oh, that's fair. I'm still poking at shit. He looks at you all and says, Welcome, Charlie team. Easy. Zulu. Unfortunately, we have had reports from a small town in Nebraska. They had suffered a 7.9 earthquake. We will be going there. We need to figure out what's going on. We have received numerous phone calls as of sunrise this morning that things are not going there as anticipated. The three phone calls that managed to get out of that town claim that the sun did not rise this morning. They are in complete darkness with no electricity and off the grid. The phone calls indicate that possibly they have been coming from another location other than where they claim to be in Terra, Nebraska. Unfortunately, if you will check the files that are being provided to you now, a small goblin walks around with a big stack of files and each one of you takes one. Inside is a traditional dossier of what is going on. In 1951, there was a town in Ashley, Kansas. They also experienced a similar earthquake and then disappeared off the map. We also received numerous phone calls. 
If Terra Nebraska is the same, we have to figure that much like Ashley, Kansas, we have approximately 72 hours before everyone there dies. We're not entirely positive what happened. Unfortunately, information is spotty. Something about flames, people from the dead coming back to life. We're not wholly certain how it was or how it worked. Testimony is sparse. The town is unidentifiable. Drones, helicopters, on foot, in vehicle. As soon as you get close to the town of Terra, Nebraska, you find yourself turned around without knowing. GPS does not pick up on it. Tracking trail does not pick up on it. Magic cannot identify what's caused this to go. We are going to figure out what's happening there and save as many people as we can. Terra, Nebraska has a population of 825 people. Our mission, as you have been given, is to save as many of those people as possible. Do I have any questions? Well, low stakes, so that sounds good. Uh, no, I'm good. You can go to Spooky Town, figure it out. Um, yeah, that's our, that's our bag, mister. We got this. Marcellus, is all of your team so lethargic in their ability to take orders and listen to things? Just him. Understood. <laughs> Mr. Miller, correct? Yeah, you can call me Bernard. I expect you to do your job. Don't question my orders, do as you're asked. At this moment, you are now a member of Team Zulu. I expect you to take that responsibility seriously. Oh, I do. I've never questioned an order. Somehow, I find that hard to believe. I didn't Team. say I didn't follow them all. I just said I didn't question them openly. Team, I need you to start gearing <laughs> up. Understand that we will be taking the rescue wagon with us. The rescue wagon is a very large tank-like uh, vehicle. It's an APV. Yeah, that's Armored Chinese. Armored personnel vehicle. Got you. <laughs> that is exactly what it is, and it terrifies me that he called it. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing the armored personnel vehicle from Aliens, if that helps anyone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very okay, now squat, you're talking to me. <laughs> close to the ground, heavily armored. Sam, yes. Sam, I, I used to be a SWAT officer in Allen County. You see, you do <laughs> I'm used so. to him. See, yeah, yeah. That's why I love having yeah, people around you. Me you use real me. terminology with him, you talk alien movies. I talk to alien me. movies to you guys. <laughs> and I'm right in between those two. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, hold on, because I'm an analogy guy. It's a one story house with wheels. It's Pretty a little much. bit more squat than one story, but it's like half story house. It's a three quarter story house. <laughs> yes, with it's a trailer, with <laughs> highly armored. It's um, a trailer, Cameron. <laughs> Self sustaining. We're looking at large batteries, generators, food, medical supplies. This thing's huge. It's capable of f sitting up to fifty people comfortably. This is not small. It does not take corners well. But it is large. It is what you will be taking through the rope portal, which will be explained here in a minute. Um, Shotgun. As Shotgun slap. <laughs> well done. As Alan walks away, Troy flips to the back of his file, and he looks yep, at same the as astral alignment page. This is a page that is included in every single dossier that nobody ever ever looks at. I'm going to be honest, I'm, I don't think Bernard has opened this at all. That does not surprise me <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think he's holding it. He hasn't been disrespectful enough to drop it, but maybe he just put it in his back pocket. He's just like, yeah, all right. Marcellus, astral, astra, astral alignment is at 85%. Do you want to ask the man what that means, or do you want to let that go and ask Troy? Um, I, have, I have a thing. I'm going to ask Troy. All right, um, give me a second. Corbin, what do you got? 
as someone who only ever looks at the last page of any mission and then closes it. It's just 85. Yeah, dude. It doesn't go that high. That's fucked up. Marcellus, your moment. Hey, Troy. Yeah. What's what's the deal with this astral alignment at 85 percent? All right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, we were told as team leads that this most likely if you didn't mention it, it's probably need to know. So I'll give me one quick second. Hey, Zulu, I need you guys to come in now. I've got need to know information and I've decided you need to know it now. Let's go. Move it. You big guy. Let's go. All right, last page of your reports, 85% astrological alignment. That might not mean anything to you, but it's a big deal to me. Every time we have mysterious incidences, they'd look at the astrological charts. They see what was happening. Ours is currently at 85%. That means that... It, <laughs> that was really weird. Sorry. That, that Sorry, that was my off. VPN. <laughs> just, just letting us know like, we're oh, good. like, oh, hey, it also knows... <laughs> <laughs> We're currently at 85%. You need to understand that astrological alignment at 70% or higher means that we're looking at Eldritch Incursion. Basically, what that little report means is that the stars are right. We're looking at Eldritch. We're looking at Lovecraftian themes. Not many people know this. Lovecraft was a dreamer. He wrote about them. That's what he was. He saw things as they were. Cthulhu, kind of a thing. I think I'm going to love this fucking arc so much. <laughs> we need to be prepared for what we're about to get into. Eldritch horrors are no fucking joke. And the fact that they didn't tell us about it probably means that they're thinking that's what this is. If Ashley Kansas disappeared in flames and darkness, we're probably looking at something from another planet. The closest thing to aliens that any of us have ever experienced. And I gotta tell you, having looked an old one in the eye back in World War II, I'm not looking forward to it. But you have a right to know that your lives are on the line. Need to know. Don't tell anybody we meet. Don't tell anyone we rescue. I do not mean to sound short-sighted. But I am not a cartographer, and I do not give a fuck about the stars. That's because you're not Who smart enough to know better. Who the fuck is he? As I point to Corbin. I, I lean into Troy and I go, hey, is this why you brought me all the way out here and is it too late for me to go home? Yes, it's too late for you to go home. You, Groot, the reason it's important is because the eldritch shit that we might have to deal with, depending. Realistically, this could be a bunch of teenagers who found a book and read out of it. But if we turn into something like elder gods, elder beings, old gods, or outer gods, this is the kind of shit that people like us don't come home from. I don't care what your regenerative <laughs> abilities are. I don't care what you came from. I don't care what God has his stamp on your ass. We run into something like that. It is so far above our understanding. These are the aliens as we know them. Uh, as I tend to create characters that are have like pieces of me, and we've talked about Bernard has an infatuation with your horror. homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, an infatuation <laughs> with horror and don't all that judge. stuff. Um, I think he's he's gonna look. Because I don't know if, well, of course he wouldn't because he was born bef before all this kind of stuff, like Elder Horde and stuff. I mean, Lovecraft was alive in the 1930s, dude. True. I but, mean, it was before your time, but you easily could have read it. No, I was talking about uh, um, Orpheus. Oh, well, that, he might be aware of it. Okay, this okay. Stuff is I was going to say, I, I, think, I, I, think he would, he, I think he would love, Bernard would love this kind of stuff, and he would know, like just from reading 
he's probably read a lot of it. And I think he's looking at me like, oh, man. Oh, it's fucking Cthulhu. And on the helicopter or whatever. Oh, wait. We got this long-ass fucking bus thing. On this bus ride, we got some shit to talk about, my buddy. You shouldn't be this excited. Just so you're aware. I'm about to meet something I've read about, dude. This is fucking cool. Usually I just find fucking, like, vampires or shit. No offense. But, I mean, this <laughs> this could be an elder god. This is fucking cool. So I'm gonna stand closer to Bernard, encounter with a god <laughs> who seems cool. So Mar- Marcellus would like to pull out his phone and call Stevanovich Undarko and get some more information. All right, uh, go ahead and make your call. Okay. All right, phone rings a few times, picks up. Yes, you've reached Stevanovich. What questions do you have for me? Stevanovich, this is Marcellus. In the Kansas branch of an area. Old vampire. Yes, always come with you, Mimi, with the best of questions. <laughs> I try. Um, we have an interesting situation occurring in a small town in Nebraska. A essentially total blackout has occurred, and our astrological alignment is at 85%. What can you tell me that we need to know? I can tell you that the likelihood you will not be coming back from this mission is large enough that you should be concerned. 85% generally means that you will not be coming back. I'm very sorry, Mr. Marcellus, but it seems as if you have been given a death mission. 85% means that the stars are aligned almost exactly as they were from whatever point of reference that they are using. Okay. So we're at 85% of the 1957 Ashley, Kansas 1951. occurrence. Yes. 51? I, okay, yeah. So we're at 85% exact alignment from the 1951 Ashley, Kansas It occurrence. could be mishap. It could be simple people using magic they do not understand, but realistically, if it is that close, it means that you have some kind of serious issue. Okay, well. Your stars um, are aligned, Mr. Marcellus. If I were you, I would be very careful. Do you have any information on... I know this is dumb. I know you have the information on what exactly happened in the 1951 Ashley, Kansas issue. According to our records and those of the area around, in 1951 Ashley, Kansas experienced a 17, 7.9 earthquake. Over the course of the next three days, based on numerous different phone calls and the inability to contact those people or find them, something occurred that caused all of them to die. After 72 hours, the town reappeared completely burnt and nearly destroyed. The phone calls that were there eventually led to the idea that 762 people were completely decimated, destroyed, killed, and gone. The town was completely burned out. There were no survivors and no explanation was ever given. Police officers could not find the town. No one could call in, but occasionally phone calls managed to get out. Understanding that this was probably some sort of eldritch event is being classified highly above what I am capable of. <laughs> Very classified, which means most likely eldritch happening. Excellent. Well, thank you, Stevanovich, for the information as always. You have a great day. Understand, Mr. Marcellus. I hope you survive, though the chance is small. But if I was bidding, man, I would assume you would come home. Well, if not, then I will join my brethren in Valhalla like the old days. Good luck. Thank you. 
Troy perks up. All right, Team Zulu, it's time to get our introductions out of the way. These two, Troy points to a 20-ish man and 20-ish woman. Their names are Anna and Aiden Drake. They're mages. They're known as the twins. Their entire ability is as batteries do magic on any search and rescue mission. Uh, the next person he points at, that is Chi Takamura. She's a Jorigumo. She's a spider woman from ancient Japan. Hey, Chi, you been good? You are aware I do my best. Next to her stands an androgynous stone person. It's a golem. That's Izzy. Izzy is all about the muscle, right, Izzy? Izzy doesn't have a mouth and can't speak, but nods. And last but not least is a blonde-haired, long blonde-haired, blue-eyed man standing in knight's armor. That is Galand Highsword. What ho! We will go forth on this adventure, and we will cast down the enemies. Even if this 85% is something to be concerned about, we will prevail as we are righteous in what we do. All right, Arthur. Settle down. My side. You got Charlie team. Zulu, you got Bernard Miller. Human being, he's all right. Yeah, and I got to say, I am stoked. I mean, we get to meet a pain lord, guys. I mean, I, I mean, it's probably just going to be like the Jade Emperor or something, but I mean, it could be Cthulhu or, dude, if it's Azathoth, oh, my God. I mean, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everyone's going to die, so don't feel bad because we're all going to die. But, man, <laughs> we could get to see. Ah, oh, you guys do your thing. You, uh. You need to calm the fuck down right now because <laughs> your excitement is making me uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, hey, it's not every day you get to meet an elder god. Next to him, you've got Tree Man, Orpheus. Tree person found him in the bayou. He's new, but he's been tested. He's tried true, and you know Marcellus. You also know Corbin. I don't go hey, anywhere without him. Boyd. Uh, Alan Boyd, as he walks up and he says that to him, legitimately rolls his eyes almost in disgust. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Hey, Chi. What's, what's going on, Aiden? Did you did you try that facial scrub? <laughs> yeah, I did. And it worked really well, it and looks I really, really greatly yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Anna, like, elbows her brother, and she was like, hey, don't. Don't don't be friends with my exes. <laughs> don't. Not, not the way this works. <laughs> Chi very politely walks up to Corbin kisses him on the cheek and says, it is very good to see that you are well. Oh, it's good to see you too. How have you been? I've been okay until the day when I found out that I might die. So oh, same, that. same. Hey guys, can we go meet this elder lord? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, let's, let's do this. Just like puts a hand out like, uh, if, if I'm telling you you need to chill, that's, you're going to learn that that's big. <laughs> you guys <Yeah>. speak much. <clears throat> You speak much when there is certain death upon us. I like Izzy. Izzy will follow me, and we will bring blood upon our enemies. Fuck yeah. Izzy just sort of nods. He's okay with this. Look, if there's anybody who wants to know anything about Lovecraft or anything, I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm, there's going to be a line of people that want to come with me, so just, uh, just line up. I'll, uh, I'll pick the best one. Corbin. Bernard, most most of the people in this room have met H.P. Lovecraft. Right. Well, I don't know about most. I mean, not officially. He wasn't allowed to know that what he was writing about was real. So he kind of died in obscurity and sad. And to be fair, he was kind of a racist. So I mean, yeah, as a person, he was not out. awesome. I mean, toward the end of his life, he was like writing yeah. letters to people and being like, "Hey, it's kind of a misanthrope and hated everyone. Sorry about that." But 
he is definitely a case in point of <clears throat> love the art, not the artist necessarily. I mean, technically, at this point, he was more of a historian than an artist, but still. Yeah, and still. Th- that was Cameron talking, not Bernard. There My voice that. is just um, <laughs> starting to I just to don't fade. understand what character means. Yeah. <laughs> there was that National Geographic, H.P. Lovecraft, a dick, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two <laughs> question bit. marks? A little bit. Um, Alan walks up, and he's like, we need to load up. Everyone, make sure you've got your needed armaments and requirements. Everything, if it's not in the rescue wagon, gets left behind. Aiden, Anna, I need you to do your rope trick now. We're leaving. Aiden and Anna step outside. They're the last two that will enter the vehicle. They have a large length of rope. The two of them hold on to it, hold it up, and actually they tack it to a wall. And as they touch it, they begin to chant. The rope begins to glow purple, and then a portal is opened there. Bernard is like taking a drink and watching this happen like what the fuck <laughs> because the location that we are headed to isn't some place that's established anymore like we cannot physically get there without some kind of magic they are honing in magically on the location that they want to go based on coordinates that have been pre-given to them but also focusing on the welcome to Terra sign of which they have a small piece of because there was more than one created and there was an accident. The first one got posted and then taken down. That is how we are magically arriving at a location that we cannot naturally get to. Okay. And that's what we're doing right now? So when yes. you said... Cool. Cue the music. So when you said... <laughs> well done. When you said, get your stuff... Hey, everybody. So that was the end of the first episode of this arc. A um, little bit longer than normal. I apologize because I know we're already a little bit of a longer podcast. But um, there's a lot to talk about. A lot had happened since the last arc. Um, and uh, this is a pretty big development. We have a new character involved. Um, hey, buddy. I'm trying to do a podcast real quick. I need you to be quiet, okay? <laughs> My son is down here helping me. So uh, that also made this uh, take a little bit longer. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, stick around for the next episode. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy that one just as much. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Make sure you follow us and give us a, a good review. And, uh, yeah, that was that's pretty much all I got to say. Sorry I'm a little distracted. Hey, Kyler, you got anything you want to say? Say, thanks for listening, everybody. Leave a review. Yeah, you don't want to let a toddler down now, do you? <laughs> Say bye, everybody.